Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how self-examination leads to freedom. I'm delighted to welcome special guest John Jarman. John is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who served during Operation Desert Storm. He holds a Master of Science in Physical Education, Athletic Administration. He is also the author of Broken and Redeemed. You can learn more about John and his book at his website, brokenandredeemed.com, and you can also find him on Facebook and Instagram, and I'll include links in the description. Welcome, John. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's my pleasure. Oh, and it is mine, and I am excited to learn from you, and I'm a little bit concerned, almost nervous, about what kinds of things are going to come up, because I understand <laughs> that for 12 years of your life disappeared, like you could yeah, not remember and... Linda, that's the, the weird part is I really didn't realize that until I started my counseling with Christina, you know, in, in my mid forties, um, that I was a victim. You know, I, I, I knew that there was some memory lapse, but nothing to the extent that we found out during our counseling. And, you know, that kind of came out during all that. So 12 years, I have friends yeah, that zero, have zero lost... to 12 and, and, you know, I have a little bit of memory, but not much. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So what? You started counseling. What what was the catalyst that got you started doing counseling when you realized something's not right here? Well, I, I kind of dabbled in counseling before just because of, you know, having some, you know, marital issues and some other things. And I went to counseling and, you know, it didn't really click with the counselor. And, and when I moved back up to the Pacific Northwest, you know, I I now know and I look back and I can see the self-destructive behavior that I had, the pattern I had. And, and I started noticing that when I when I moved back up here and I didn't want to go through that again. And so I just basically Googled counselors in the area. And I, the first two I called weren't taking clients. The third one was Christina. So by the grace of God, you know, I was able to get in and start working with her. And, um, it took 10 years, um, of counseling. You know, I wasn't every week for 10 years, you know, there were times where I took time off because we were doing things and, you know, I felt good and then I'd end up back seeing her. So it was off and on for 10 years. Um, and it was, you know, she saved with her and my spiritual mentor, Scotty Kessler, they saved my life. So, wow. I'm so glad that you had these guardian yeah. angels in your life to change things and turn it around, you know, and I have, again, I have a friend who, who lost a year and mm -hmm. is going through this process and she still hasn't recovered her memories yet. But, um, the counselor said, you know, don't, don't panic about this. Let's just realize how amazing you are and how amazing your brain is that it was able to, you know, let's not deal with that right now. Let's just, let's just right. forget about that and survive and to be able to keep moving and recognize that these, uh, these things that our mind does is intended to help us. But sometimes it's a little misguided. So it, it takes the, the pain and ignores it or hides it or stuffs it under the rug kind of a thing. Yeah, and, and I would say that's what happened with me, Linda, is it, it you know, it's it suppressed so deep. And when I started counseling and, and I finally figured out that there was, you know, the potential of me being abused and that type of stuff, and I started looking into that, you know, I wanted to, you know, it was something that I really wanted to know. Um, and, you know, we started to work on you know, some memory stuff, but then, you know, it, it didn't, um, it got very demonic. And if, and if, you know, if you believe in Christ and you got to believe in the other side and, and there was some spiritual warfare that took place in Christina's office. And at that time I went, you know what, it's, it's if God wants to reveal this, he'll reveal it to me. And, and so my quest ended at that point, um, because it was just, it was so dark that I did, that Christina said that, 
Um, if we were to continue that, then, you know, the recovering that memory would probably be more tra traumatic than what I'm dealing with right now. Um, and so, you know, I decided not to pursue that any longer. And, you know, I, one day if God wants to reveal it, he will. So isn't that interesting? And I'm so glad that you brought this experience up because it shows that you don't have to retrieve all the memories right. in order to heal and move forward. It's absolutely okay to leave the past in the past as long as we are able to heal and to be able to move forward. So that, um, thank you for sharing that because that, that matters to me with the situation. Well, and I think part of that process is you still have to forgive, you know, that the, the people, you know, I know who caused the abuse and the trauma and all that stuff. And, and you have to forgive them because, you, you know, it says, you know, Jesus forgave us. So we have to forgive those. Um, otherwise, we can't receive that. And that's part of the redemption that we go through as Christians as we as we work and, and grow in our walk. And, you know, that's that was part of the process when I worked with Christine and, and Scotty. So, you know, and I think that's a big key is the, the forgiveness aspect, because if you hold on to bitterness or anger, or resentment or shame or guilt, then you, you're not going to have a true relationship with Christ. So I love that. So forgiveness is huge. Let's talk about it a little bit more. And some of the reasons why people don't want to forgive um, and why it is better to forgive than to not forgive. I think some of the reasons people don't want to forgive is they feel justified. And they feel like, well, if I forgive, then am I saying that that was okay? Am I saying right. that, you know, that... You know, I'm okay with this. Am I? Am I get? Are they off the hook? That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and and, and I get questions about that. You know, all the time about you know what it, what what does it mean to forgive? And for, simply for me, the way I explain it is is forgiveness does not remove the event that took place. It releases you from the pain of that event of event. And I think that the the best depiction of forgiveness that I've ever seen. Um, you know, in, in Hollywood is the, is there's one part of this movie, The Shack. And if you've ever seen the movie, have you seen the, okay, so there's a part of the movie where this young man, his daughter was kidnapped and killed. And the spirit leads him up to the point of he has to forgive the person who killed his daughter and in order to get his freedom. So, so, and that's, that, that's, that would be tough, you know, so. Wow. That would be way tough. Okay. Yep. So it is releasing you releasing me from the pain right. it's from not the pain of it it doesn't it doesn't condone or say hey that event was okay it just releases you from that pain and and along with that forgiving or asking forgiveness of people that you might have hurt or you know because in my book and in my walk there's a lot of transgression and and there was a lot of people that were affected by some of my decisions and that's probably just as painful um oh, if yes. not more painful um, then, then forgiving those who, who transgressed against me. And, you know, it has to be done though. So, and that matters so much as we have faith in Jesus Christ and that forgiveness and that aspect that it is on both sides. And there isn't any yep. of us who doesn't require it on both sides. I mean, to different Correct. levels for sure, but all yep. of us have hurt someone somehow and they needed to be healed because of something that we did. And right. it is Christ that makes the difference. And what a, a feeling of, of peace and relief that is. Because uh, like you mentioned, I would rather be the one offended than the one causing the offense. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think both are hard. And that was one of the hardest parts of the book to write is is to be able to speak enough about 
the mistakes I made and not open the wounds of the people that were affected. And, you know, I, I, I kept the names out of the stories, but the people, if, you know, if, if someone is, was around me at those times and they read this book, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about and who it is, was affected because they're, they were there. Um, but, you know, it's still, so, you know, I, I, that's why I'm, I say in the preface that, you know, I'm not trying to open any wounds. I'm just, you know, this, and I've, you know, if you, if I haven't had a chance to talk to you, please forgive me, you know, because I've talked to most of them and, and, and have gotten forgiveness. So I appreciate that you made the effort to go personally to the people that, mm-hmm. that you affected in a negative way and said, I am sorry. You know, that, that act by itself can be so healing. I have a, yes. a, a friend situation where the father abused the daughter. It was horrible. And Again, things are repressed, things are hidden, you come out, and really all she wanted was for him to say, I'm sorry. That yeah. happened, and I'm sorry. Yep. And instead, unfortunately, he, you know, you, you attack the person that's saying something, and it, it right. uglier. So, well, and, you know, that's a that's a stronghold, you know, and he's going to have to work through that. That's, that's, you know, that's got some, he's probably got some deeper issues that he has to work with if, if that's the case. So that's what I would say on that. So, and it's tough. I mean, cause you know, abuse is generational, you know, cause they, you know, there's plenty of stats that say if you were abused, your ten- tendency to abuse is, is higher. And, you know, it's, it's, for me, it was just the opposite. You know, I'm going to fight for the victim. So, you know, I just, I look at it as, you know, that's not right. So. Isn't that wonderful that we don't have to continue the chain? Yep. Because I think the the reactive knee jerk is to just go with what you're trained to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in violence. That's, I mean, my dad was an alcoholic. He beat my mom. He beat us. You know, and and even though I don't recall it, it was there. And you know, when you grow up and you and you don't see anything other than violence, you know, in your in your adolescence, those are your maturing years. You know, when you're when you're value systems are made and everything it's hard not to have the anger and the and the bitterness and that as you grow older and that's one of the things i had to work through with christine is because i put such a shield up i wouldn't let anybody in and you know temper yeah i had a i had a heck of a temper and and you know not proud of it but it's but by the grace of god and through my surrendering my temper is is it's still there every now and then i'm not going to say it's gone but it's not as bad as it was because you know the god softened my heart so i love that and i love that you mentioned in this last little thing that you used a combination of christine you had a professional counselor and i'm Mm -hmm. so proud of you for getting help because that matters rather than trying to continue to hide and do it yourself and spiritual assistance. So do you want to talk about this combination of why you chose to do both and how each one plays a role in your healing? Chose might not be the right word because again, God placed Christina in my heart. And then when we got to that day where there was a demonic, you know, spirit issue, you know, the church I was going to, I went and talked to a pastor there and and just by chance, Scotty was on the staff and Scotty had previous work in deliverance ministry and working through strongholds and stuff, kind of like Neil Anderson. I don't know if you know who Neil Neil Anderson's one of the most experts in the field. Um, And so, you know, I just, by the grace of God, Scott, he was at my church and he had, he had experienced in this. And so we sat down and we talked one day and, you know, he agreed to work with me and, and that's, that was the key because, you know, you can go to professional counseling, but if you do have this stronghold and, and from trauma or something, you might need that spiritual guidance to get you through that because it could be more than just you know an emotional it's 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 something that was 
you know, placed by an evil spirit or, you know, that, you know, and, and that type of stuff. So, and, and it flares up very quickly when you, when you're not working on it. So, but I would recommend anybody seek counseling. I mean, the stigma about mental health is so bad, you know, cause my brother fought, you know, my brother grew up the same house I did and he never sought counseling. And I always tried to get him to go to counseling. And he was like, he, his response to me was, John, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And I said, Steve, we're all crazy. So just go, <laughs> you know, we're all a little bit crazy. So, but well done. So that, you know, it's just, it, 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 you need a combination, whether it's somebody that has the, you know, the work of Scotty or, or pastoral counseling. I think you need both. Um, you know, you, there are some Christian counseling out there that they're, they're counselors and they're, and they are Christians and, you know, you might just need one, but you know, you need to really seek somebody out that you can trust and have, you know, and feel comfortable talking to because you're going to, the only way your counseling works is if you become completely vulnerable and, and share the story. So Ooh, vulnerability. And, yeah. okay. Well, and so that's this book. I mean, Christina, for 10 years, this. for 10 years, that's what she worked on me. She wanted me to become more vulnerable. And, and when I got the review from my editor on the book and it said they loved the fact that being as a, you know, a, a male author that I was so vulnerable. And I sent that to Christine and I said, you finally got your wish. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wonderful. So let's talk about vulnerability. This is something that mm-hmm. Renee Brown talks about. And it's a word that typically it's it's transitioning a little bit, but for the longest time, it means you're in danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means like the wound is open and something can get in and, and it's a scary thought. So what does vulnerable mean to you? And why is it important? Why did Christine want you to get vulnerable? Well, be vulnerable, I think be vulnerable. I, vulnerability, I think, comes from being humble. Because you have to, the self, that, and it falls into the self-examination because you first have to humble yourself to understand that, that there is you know, issues or evil in your heart. Um, one of my favorite authors, A.J. Soboda, says it best. He says, we can, as Christians, we can see the evil in the world, but when we come to Christ, it forces us to see the evil inside of us. And so, you know, you have to be humbled enough to be willing to look at yourself through the lens of that eye. And it's not accusation about to yourself or condemnation. It's just examining where that sin is because we are all born into sin. Um, and so, where is that? What can we do to free that? You know, David says in Psalms, renew my heart and my mind. And so that's what the vulnerability and the, and the humbling of surrendering to God gives you. And and so I used to think vulnerability, you know, in the Bible, it says, you know, weak, the meek shall inherit the earth, their weakness. You know, I'm, I'm a football coach. I grew up, you know, doing everything on my own. I'm a Marine. I'm not going to be vulnerable. You know, I don't want to be weak. No, and that and that's not what they're talking about. The Bible is talking about humbling yourself so that you can understand what God wants you to do. And then, as you humble yourself, you are being weak, but it makes you stronger. So, isn't that crazy? What a paradox! So, yeah. vulnerability is humility, a form of yes. humility, and it is, it, in admitting. my opinion, yes, I love that. And it is uh, allowing yourself to not be perfect. Yep. And, and and saying that is okay, and also allowing someone to help us, whether that be professional counselors, whether that be the, the um, allowing Christ into our lives, and also um, the idea of accepting that we don't have to do everything by ourselves. I, I guess is correct. Part of that. And I think one of the biggest things is is, is it, it allows you not to put condemnation on yourself mm. because. In Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. You know, that was, we have victory over that from the cross. And that was a, that was a big lesson for me because I used to beat myself up for a lot of things and, and not having, you know, condemning yourself is, is a, 
I mean, it's just going to keep the chains on you forever and you have to let that go um, because, you know, Christ was victorious on the cross for that reason. And, you know, I love that verse in Romans when it says that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So I love that. And as you talk about the idea of condemnation, now it's on mm-hmm. both ends where we talk about we as maybe the victim and we as the person causing the problem. We also have to allow Absolutely. to let go on both ends and say, remember, Christ took care of both sides yep. of this. And, mm-hmm. and we don't, I don't know, again, we beat ourselves up because we feel like it's just... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mention AJ again because I do quote AJ quite a bit in his in, in my book because his, his he has a doctorate in theology and he's just a fantastic writer and his teachings are amazing. But he he said in one of his books and I can't recall off the top of my head which one, but he said if if someone talked to us in our family the way we talk about ourselves, it would be considered child abuse. Isn't so, that the truth? So, yeah, yeah, that is really something. (laughs) If we can learn to be treat ourselves like we would treat Mm -hmm. a friend or at least an acquaintance or, you know, a stranger on the street, but but I think it's learning how to treat ourselves like Jesus sees us. Um, And and it goes back to, you know, one thing I've learned and I and this is just recently I've started really looking at the truth of the Bible. Um, what does the Bible say about us? Who who am I in Christ? Well, I'm a loved child of God, and and he, no matter what I do, I mean, you know, you have kids, so if your if your kids were to misbehave, you're, you still love them, no matter what they do, and we can do that as humans easier than we can do that with our relationship with God. And, you know, that's, we have to start, when you read the Bible, you have to start believing what the Bible says about you in Christ. So, Isn't that funny? We actually, if we read the Bible, maybe we should believe what's in it, kind of. A exactly. Thing, you know, maybe exactly. we should believe what Christ so my, says. My, so I read this somewhere, and, I, and I'm using it all years, is because, you know, the, the, we're in such a crazy time in our lives right now with the COVID and all this other stuff. And, you know, people are reading this and reading that. And, and a friend of mine posted, and he said, if, you're, if you believe everything you read, why aren't you reading the Bible? Ooh. You know, yeah. And I'm like, that's my moniker for the year. I'm, that's what I tell people. If you believe everything you read, you should start reading the Bible. <laughs> so, And you can oh. probably find that online if you think you need to read everything online in yeah, order for can, it to be you true. Can, you can find it in an app. I've got well, I've got a great one on, the, on my phone, and that actually too. reads the Bible to you. You don't even have to read it. You just need to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I so, did that this morning, so, actually. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. listening. That's fantastic. Okay, so now let's talk about this idea of redemption. And you Mm -hmm. mentioned, so do we have to wait until we're like so low that we're the other option is to fall apart? Or could you maybe do it? Just when you're you know, feeling I think, okay. You know, broken for people, broken is, is, you know, you always hear in, you know, like AA programs, rock bottom, you know, broken, broken is, you know, everybody's level of brokenness is different. Um, I don't think you need to reach rock bottom to have redemption. Um, if you, if you start to understand that you, you, you need help, that's when redemption starts, in my opinion, because then, and then you have to seek that help because God didn't make us to be on to go through this by ourselves, you know, and, and so that's the biggest thing. And the one thing that I've learned from my experience and I, and I've helped try to convince others is you're not the only one that's been down this road. Um, and there's, you know, people ask me about the book all the time and it's, you know, my story's not unique. You know, there's other people that have been through way worse trauma than I have, but it's my story. Um, and you know, I, 
the redemption part of it is it's the redemption's waiting for us. We just we just have to want it. And once you figure that out and start living that relationship with God and try to and start to abide, the redemption part's very easy. Um, and it's very rewarding. So Oh, that is so cool. As I'm listening to you speak and the things that you teach, it is similar to the things that I teach. And I also wrote a book about my experiences and it is called okay. Crushed because there is it's a called what? I'm sorry. Crushed. Okay. Because yeah. we can be broken and we're at different levels mm-hmm. of broken. I think I was always broken, but when mm-hmm. I was crushed, it was like, okay, I that's when you yep. need need some help. And that yep. idea of that our our life experiences can be very, very different. Mm-hmm. And yet those emotions that we feel, that um, you know, the thoughts that go through our heads, they're gonna be very similar. Which yep. is why our stories matter. It's not for someone who has been through the exact same things as John in order for his story to help. It's they're going to say, oh, wow, that I recognize that in myself. And oh, that looks familiar. And this part's different, but this and this and this are the same. And look at this process that he followed to be able to heal. And that's going to bless and probably is blessing a lot of people. So well done. Yeah, that's the one thing I told people is, is, you know, because they always ask me about the book and they say, "Is, is the book... A how-to book and I said no it's a what I did book because it's just what I did to get where I'm at and so I'm, I'm looking up a quote I want to share with your audience because it's it's about what we're talking about and it's another one from AJ I got to give him credit but it, it says um, God made us without our permission but will not save us without our consent we have to be open to being healed and saved Wow okay so just FYI I always conclude with a quote and the okay. one that I chose was that exact one. So now I'm either going to repeat it because I don't have another one on hand, or we could just say, ta-da, just remember what John said. I can give you another one from my book that I I, I use a lot of times because it's, it's, you know, as we talk about the redemption and, you know, kind of losing your past and everything, um, you know, I, I... as I was in theology school, because um, I entered, I, I, I'm eight hours shy of a master's of theology. Congratulations. Um, and so I did that just to get deeper into the word so I could have a better understanding, um, which helped me write the book. Um, but one of the things I, I started to examine was the crucifixion itself, you know, and, and the pain and the, and, you know, just what it does to the human body. Cause I, you know, having a physical education degree, I understand the human body. And so I started to look at it and, you know, that's a very long, painful death. And I think it was chosen to help us understand that our old self is going to take a long time to die because our, we, as we come to Christ, we, we are renewed and we're reborn, but our old self is still in us until we can start renewing our mind. We carry those old patterns with us and it's going to take some time for that to go away. And so my thing is the cross is an example. It took a long time for Jesus to die. So it's going it, to that, use that as an example to understand it's going to take a long time for your old self to die. So don't get frustrated in your walk when you make mistakes because it, it, it's going to happen. So, mm. Wow. That is very insightful, taking that experience as an object lesson and mm-hmm. to be compassionate with ourselves and patient because you're right. We don't. I mean, it is, I I have heard stories of people who've made just an instant transformation for the way that they saw themselves, the way that they felt about themselves. That is so rare. Yes. Usually it is a process. And I think it has Mm -hmm. to do with our willingness to let go. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I don't know if there's kind of some innocence involved where someone says, hey, you are a child of God. You matter. You're important. And he just said, cool. And he was totally different. Right. But that's not usually the way it goes down. No, it's not usually the way. And I, I sometimes question the people that say that because it's, it's you know, it, your old self is so ingrained in you. And it depends on, I think a lot of it depends on how you were brought up and if you were brought up in the church or not. And, you know, I mean, my spiritual mentor gave his life to Christ at four years old. And he's been walking the walk since then. I mean, literally walking the walk. And, and I mean, he, he's a, you know, he's a man. He truly listens to God. Two years ago, he calls me and goes, John, I'm moving to Nebraska. I'm like, why? He goes, the Spirit told me I needed to go to Nebraska. And he's gone. You know, we stay in contact, but he's he's in Nebraska now because the Holy Spirit said, Scotty, you need to be in Nebraska. <laughs> so That's fantastic. So, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, so, and, you know, I'm going, I want to be like this guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. What a good you know, But I just, it, it's it, it's a, you know, it's a process. That's the thing. And, and people need to understand that. So. Right. And I know it was very much a process for me, and I still feel mm-hmm. like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a work in progress even now. Oh, I, I, we we continue to be even even Scotty's a work in progress, and and I'll use him as an example. You know, he's he's still growing, and and we don't finish that until we go home. Um, you know, that's that's when the that's when it's complete is when we're when we walk into and be able to sit in the hands of Jesus. So, wow, what a beautiful thought, and the things that are just going through my head and now I can't wait to read your book so thank you for everything you're welcome you're so welcome. I, usually I close with a quote but you already said it did you say you had another one that you wanted to use or Here, let me let me look real quick because there's All another right. one I'll, I'll pull it up out of the book it's it's by uh I hope you're um it's A.W. Tozer um I use this to to open my book get it here where is it at I should have a committed to memory, but I don't. Okay, so A.W. Tozer says you um, you have to seek God alone, but when He meets you, it will it will be all by yourself. Mm. So, okay. and you know, when you seek, and so the day I gave up complete surrender, I was by myself, and He met me alone. But then you need people to help you grow. That's that's the way I look at that. So, because when you really when you really give it up, he's going to, he's going to do that. And you're going to be by yourself because he wants you to be one-on-one with him, but then he's going to provide people that are going to help you take your walk. So I like that. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, let's invite people to walk the walk and to um, meet one-on-one and also to gather a group of people who can help and support us on our journey. So thank you so much. You're welcome. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.